We're on a mission to explore how emerging technologies, media, robotics, and data and behavioral science will solve humanity's most pressing challenges. From education, mobility, energy, food and water supplies, the environment, employment, all the way to disease and basic human rights. Nothing is off limits. This episode is brought to you by Beverage Universe. They have every flavor to help you stay young, beautiful, and thirsty. Go to BeverageUniverse.com for your next flavor experience. So for anybody that missed part one of Henry's episode, please go back to the previous episode and you can hear about how Henry got started, some of the challenges he faced, some of the people that he's worked with. So have a listen and come right back. Welcome back, Henry. Thanks for being here. Thanks again for having me. So we're going to take off into part two of this episode today and continue where we left off. How does branding play uh, right now in the sandbox? Because branding as it was even five years ago, I think it, it was a lot less complicated. Like what you just said is so true because you go out there, you find the URL or you find a, a, an Instagram handle, but it's not available on YouTube. It's not available on Facebook. Um, and it's just so complicated yeah. and it may or may not resonate with that particular platform's audiences. So how, I mean, how do how do you do all that right yeah, now? Yeah, so let's break down branding in a little bit more of a, um, gr- excuse me, granular approach. So first we got to diagnose who your ideal client is. And we really got to figure out what their pain points are, and how does your product or service solve that problem, Mm -hmm. right? And then how are you different from everybody else that does what you do? I mean, that's like the real core of it all. Like that's Mm -hmm. where the word branding came from. The cattle would get branded on their rear end to stand out from all the other cattle. Mm -hmm. And so that's number one. Number two is let's look at what kind of revenue streams can we create? Like what products and services does your particular audience even want or need? Because what you think may is may be cool, they don't want. I was talking off air about how I work with some pro athletes and specifically in the NFL where I was pitching them these brand packages and they were like, I would rather go spend 50000 on a blinged out chain right. or a car. Of course. That's so much cooler, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But when I said, well, what what kind of endorsement deals would you potentially get pitched if you had a strong social media following, if you had a big following, if you had a fan base that you can monetize and sell products and services to, what would that do for your income? Mm-hmm. And then their eyebrows started to raise like ooh tell me more right right so it was a switch it was a, a it was a pivot that worked really well so again it's it's how you position and then we could talk about that too how you position and posture yourself so if you want to attract an affluent or uh an influence or a person of influence they typically have a tendency to really pay attention to detail they want to know why you did that cross, right? Or they're looking at your brand going, is this an iconic looking brand? Is this professional? Is this polished? 
in the ClickFunnels community, there's always this argument about do ugly funnels perform better than polished Well, that's funnels. an interesting one because a lot of times what I've seen is that they do. <laughs> they do. Like the, the ugly funnels perform better. Yes. Yeah. So I say, so I jump into the conversation and I say, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Here's what really matters. How do you want to be remembered by your audience? And who the audience is that you're attracting. Because yeah. if you're looking for um, like a um, a lower value kind of product or service, yes, they are going to convert faster. And an ugly funnel is going to look right. good because it looks cheap. Right. If you're looking for high net worth type of brands and companies that are looking to elevate themselves in the marketplace, no, an ugly funnel is not no. going to work. Try to pitch me an ugly funnel and I will, I will chop my credit card up before I... Right. Use it to mm -hmm. pay anything for that funnel. Like right. it's just, it's not going to be appealing. And so I look at it as very lazy. And if your funnel looks like this, what is your product or service mm -hmm. going to deliver? And and that is like a huge thing that I, I, I tell my clients, like, because my clients want to work with affluent people. They want to work with people with money because they sell expensive stuff. So you have to look the part. So I, I, one day I was talking to a client and this literally just flew out of my mouth. I was like, if you look the part, you could charge the part, right? Mm -hmm. And I said, the quality of your branding or the quality of your brand will determine the quality of your client. And I ran with that for a couple of years. That's and that, true. then I took it a step further and I said, the quality of your client is gonna determine the quality of your life. And as I got old, as I got older, I said I want a more. And I think we all, as entrepreneurs, the reason why we got into entrepreneurship is to create a higher quality of life for ourselves without having to punch a clock or take orders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, something yeah. something that um, you just made me think of is I've been saying this lately. I I feel like when you go out of alignment with yourself to work with people that you don't necessarily um, either enjoy or don't appreciate your value, you end up not just ruining that relationship, but then you get so cranky, bitchy, depressed, and you ruin all your other relationships too because that one person or client or whoever is making you miserable. So I I over time have had a I've had a really hard time with this is cutting that cord and letting them go. I think that's been a yeah. A, I get that question a lot, and they ask me, "Why do you like? How did you go from forty eight clients a year making X to eight clients a year doubling your revenues?" And that is like the million dollar question. That's how mm -hmm. I got into the two comma club when I found a mentor to help me rewire my thinking and my mindset and to really see my true worth and to see the value that we deliver for clients and how we up level them, I was able to charge more for my prices and the folks that couldn't afford it, they just, they just, they just fell to the waistline. But here's the one thing that, and this is hard. It took me 37 years, 38 years to figure this out. It was financial intelligence. And so I'll tell you a story real quick. So it's 2017, okay? My wife went through two rounds of IVF to have our son. 
in, ver- in, in vitro, mm-hmm. right? And the first time it didn't work and we were bummed, okay? And I'll be honest with you guys, I was not pumped about this process because mm-hmm. I felt forced. Mm-hmm. I felt like it wasn't real or natural and maybe it just wasn't meant to be. And if it does work, what kind of issue? Like it was a horrible mindset. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work the first time. My wife says, all right, well, I'm gonna give it a break and we'll come back in a couple months. If I'm still interested, I'll do it again because my wife's a, a, just a tough cookie, man. So she says, I'm going to do it again. So I go, all right, I'm not on board, but give it a shot. It works. Congratulations. Thank you. Best, be- beautiful baby and, and the best thing that ever happened to me in my life, honest to God. But going back, those nine months, I was petrified because I said, I will never be the father that my father was to me. The shit that I put him through, like, oh my, I, I just started getting, my skin started now to Now you're going to get it back. Right? Right? <laughs> Tenfold, right? So what happens is my wife's just about to, my wife has, the, has Dante. And I go into a deep panic. And I go out and I buy a $187,000 car. I buy two Rolex watches. And I go, I literally start to just bury myself financially because I'm trying to take my mind off of being a dad. Like, get me out of here. Like, Mm -hmm. divert, divert, divert. And so I come home with this car and my wife goes apeshit. And basically says- I can't disagree. (laughs) no, No, nobody did. Nobody did. And she was like, well, it's not fair to us and this and that. And, and I don't know where to go. Like, I'm ready to jump off a bridge, honestly, because I just was like, this is not going to, going to work. Like, I just can't figure this out. So I go to my dad, all right? And I said, now, on top of it, you ready, Tar? My process and systems at that time were still not bulletproof. I get these two clients, took them on I shouldn't have because I needed the money because I spent every penny that I made so I mm-hmm. needed the work. Mm-hmm. It, those two projects go to hell in a handbasket. I got to refund forty grand in one day. Now I just bought twenty thousand, thirty-five thousand dollars in watches plus this car. And the guy, not the girl, but the guy decides to do a smear campaign on social media about mm. me. I'm getting aunts and cousins messaging me going this person from Kazakhstan just <laughs> just messaged me saying that you're a fraud like, what's going on unreal and I go holy shit so now my wife is like can you imagine my wife at this point like <laughs> yes <laughs> now she's ready to look up divorce attorneys right so she so she's like we got to make a statement this and that so I refund them I'm, listen I'm an honest guy I'm, I did not deserve that money so it go, it's going back to you. Just stop with the smearing because you know I'm not a fraud, dude. Like, honestly. So that was the day. So everything works out. Now, here's the power of personal brand. My wife says, go take a hike. Don't go on social media today. Let this whole thing, like, calm down. Seven o'clock that night, I come back, and I just go to Facebook, and I see hundreds of comments on that statement that we posted. And it's my audience. 
Yeah, of course. All mm-hmm. backing me up, going, Henry's not a bad guy. Yeah, he might have fucked up these two jobs, but like he's not a bad guy. And then a couple of guys private messaged me, said, this guy did this to me, and I've been in hiding for a year and a half because of it. Right. I, mm-hmm. I didn't have the personal brand like you did to, to, to back me up. And so I had to literally fold my business and go do something else. And I was in tears that day because I said, holy crap. No, you got to fight those things. Yeah. And, and if it wasn't for me putting out my true self on social media, I wouldn't have bought, built that audience. And my audience would not have come to bat to me. So when that happened, I said, this is it. I cannot do this nonsense anymore. I can't put my parent, I can't put my family through this. And as I'm growing in influence, like every time you do something like this, the hits get harder. Yes. Right? So I said, I need help. So I get another coach. This time, guy wins Grammy Awards. He he worked with Coldplay, Nike, Microsoft, these big names, been in business 25 years, doing the same shit we do, like a, mm-hmm. brand strategist development the whole nine. And I said, I need to learn from you, my friend. You've been very successful and I need this help. So got my got everything back in order, thank God. Now, getting back to the financial crisis that's going on. Now I'm 40 in a hole, 40K in a hole, I, I gotta figure this out. So thank God, right? I go to my father and I said, mind you, the guy that kept the same nickel he earned first day of work, right? I tell him, this is where I'm at. I need, like, is there anything you could do to help me? Like, I, this, is, this is it. Like I, so he gives me the 40K and he says, you don't have to pay me back because this is the money that you were gonna get when I die. So just know when I die, you ain't getting this. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather give it to you now when you need it. So I'm in tears because I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in myself and disappoint. I disappointed him, you know, my family. I was a wreck. So I do it. I take a step further and I go back and I deliver. I I, I give back the watches. So luckily, right, luck, right. luckily mm-hmm. to Jewel, I, I I have a great relationship with him. He gave me a decent price for them back. So I'm driving down Route 80 and I call my father and I said, Dad, I got to tell you, giving back those two watches, took me two weeks to give them back, by the way. I just didn't go. Like, it hurt me to give those watches back at first. So I'm driving Route 80 and I tell him, I I gave those watches back. It didn't sting as hard as I thought. And he goes, are you done? (laughs) And I said, "With, with what? And he's like, this. He said, Henry, I worked four fucking jobs to make sure you had clothes on your back and food on the table. And this is where he got me, and I could get choked up just thinking about it. He said, what are you going to do one day when Dante comes to you and says, Daddy, can you buy me those shoes mm-hmm. or sneakers? Right. And you got to look him in the face and say, no, I can't because you don't have the money. Right. And I was bawling. I could, I, I'm getting choked up just saying it again. He said, I didn't do that to you, so don't do it to him. Mm-hmm. And I was hell-bent on figuring out my financial situation and getting better at it and, and just focusing. And I, God gave me a gift. I started to really study personal development. I started listening to Jim Rohn, like the OG of personal development. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not a huge fan of Tony Robbins, so I want to go like where he learned, right? I'm a big I'm a big fan of going to the source. So I started listening to Jim Rohn tapes, literally 
tapes. Tapes. And what is that? Right. <laughs> and he taught me the 70 10 10 10 rule where you live off of only 70% of your earnings and you, you you invest 10, you take 10, put it into marketing and you take 10 and just put it under your mattress, whatever the hell you want to mm -hmm. do with it. And for the past two years, I've spent, I've only lived off of 70% of my earnings and I've built up this giant nest egg. And I tell my, my clients and I tell audiences like this, if you want to get to a point of financial freedom, which we're all striving for, mm -hmm. this is the way. I, honest to God, because I had a couple clients come through that weren't good fits, and I said, I don't need this. Here's your money, or right. here's here's what we did, so we're subtracting that off of what you paid, because I don't work for free, and here's your money, and I don't need it. I don't need the work. Right. So mm -hmm. now, and that's how we got really selective. So we have a very, very stringent application process to work with us. We want to work with great fits. We want to work with people that align with our values. And it's a it's an application process. And now I can turn away work if I have to or if I want to. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't be able to do that if I didn't get my finances. So building that runway is what my coach calls it. Like, you mm -hmm. gotta build that runway. And when you, the further out you can, the longer you build that runway, the faster you could excel, one. And, right. and two, you don't, need, you don't need the aggravation anymore. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> so what does this have to do with branding? No, I, I, I mean, you, you kind of made me think of something else I wanna ask you. So um, you, you just talked a bit about online reputation and reputation management and things like that. And, you know, all the trolling that goes on out there and people posting things as they please. Let's talk about social following. Okay. So back, you know, 13 years ago when you got started, there was no Facebook, no Instagram, no Snapchat, no TikTok, none of that. None. Right? So if you are starting out today... Wipe out the last 13 years. Mm -hmm. You're starting out today. What type of message or what type of plan or strategy would you give someone who's in that position? The four questions. You got to ask yourself the four questions. Who am I? What do I do? Why do I do it? Who do I do it for? And, and the bonus question is, what is my point of difference? What makes me different from everybody else that does what I do? And the easy answer is this, you. Everybody is so, they're not, they're forgetting what their point of difference is and their, their superpower, their, their X factor, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Everybody's like, what's your X factor? And you know what I, like, when people ask me that, I say me. And, and they're mm -hmm. like, good answer. Resilience. It, it, it's, it's not even that, it's mm -hmm. me. Mm-hmm. There's only one out yes. of seven billion of me. Yes. So yes. that that's the that's the point. I say that too. <laughs> it's so, but the four questions, the four questions that that's where you start, and then once you define who it is that you're serving, that's like you mentioned before. What is the research? You really need to know your audience, and when I take my clients through the Brand Accelerator program, we go through a very deep dive with exploring who that is, what their, what's the customer's journey, why are they searching for a product and service like you, what kind of 
And this is where we go super deep. What kind of cars do they drive? What kind of bags do they wear? What kind of shoes do they wear? Where do they go to school? Who are they married to? Uh, Where do they get their news? Um, What does this say about them as a person? Mm -hmm. What are the values that that they use to determine their decision-making? How do they feel about us? Are they skeptic? Do they see the value? How do, so when we know that, it gets a little easier to start marketing and putting out messaging that resonates. So if you have a very skeptical audience, how would you market to them? Very differently than how you would market to them if they loved you. Or they, yes. Right? Very, mm-hmm. very different. So exploring that and doing that deep dive is very, very important. So I tell my clients, I can't get into brand identity and building out your logo and, and looking at what the color schemes are going to be and the and the brand's archetypes and that I can't get into that until we do this foundational work first and that's where I I believe the biggest problem right now with entrepreneurs is they want to get to the sexy stuff they want always they want it rushed they want everything yesterday and they forget to do that foundational work and then they try to build this like skyscraper on toothpicks yes. and then the first wind comes and they're gone I call that the KYC, know your customer. Yes. Uh, financial institutions use that all the time, but they really deep dive into exactly what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting because this framework that you just described, understanding the foundation and the psychology, the psychographic profile of your um, ideal client base or mm-hmm. customer base, um, also resonates with how you build technology as well. Okay. So a lot of times, like we'll, you know, we'll get um, certain projects and they're pretty massive platforms, and it's so important, I think, from the very beginning to build that foundation of scalability. Yes. From the very beginning, and not pin, penny pinch. In mm. that yeah, David, area, David, you can penny pinch later. David Meltzer <laughs> talks about that. He never he never negotiates to the penny. He never does because mm-hmm. it looks it comes. It, he says when you do that, you, you're going to get perceived as uh, coming from a place of scarcity, right? And mm-hmm. nobody wants to work with people like that. And that's how I built up my sales acumen. Is when I had that money in the bank as a cushion, right? When I got on sales calls, I talked a lot slower, which was huge. So my tone shifted. I got into like sexy DJ FM late night Ooh. voice, right? And people were like, people were like, this is calming. That's why I love mics. <laughs> yeah, I, I, tr- I trust him. Mm-hmm, I, listen, right? right? I, I trust him. He talks slow. He knows what he's saying. And... That's that's a big part of it. So voice and tone is another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is, I, I really want to make sure that your audience gets this. It's really focusing on a very specific niche. I mean, that's how I've gotten to where I'm at. I've really focused on two niches: the ClickFunnels community, right? So we do a lot of funnel design, or they they come to me thinking that they need a funnel, yet they need a brand. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you building? A funnel or a brand? Because when you try to build a funnel before the brand, we talked about this offline, mm-hmm. you're building a house of cards. Mm-hmm. But when you build the brand first and then create the funnel, now you got legs to stand on. And then I, I talk about some of the clients that I had. Lady Boss, for example, she came to me and her and her husband came to me a couple years back and was like, we're doing this all wrong. We need to build a brand. They used to call it, her last name was Tool Time. So, or Tool. 
So they had this like tool time fitness, blah, 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 blah. Then she was like, I'm going to brand myself the lady boss. Mm-hmm. So we helped with that brand identity. They went on to do, I think they're doing like 18 million a year. Very nice. Helping women lose weight in, in the fitness space. So mm-hmm. that's phenomenal. Look at um, uh, the Bulletproof Coffee brand, mm, yes. right? Huge, multi, multi-million dollar business. They all, they're all using funnels. Organify, another one. They're all using mm-hmm. funnels. But they realized what they were doing wrong, took a step back, built the brand, then relaunched the funnels, and they exploded. So mm-hmm. that's where you can't put the cart before the horse. And and the brand um, is directly connected to the audience. Yes. Otherwise. So n- nowadays, yeah. right, as the millennials are getting older, right, and soon the boomers are going to be gone and the millennials are going to be the primary source of, of our client base, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So what I'm on the older end of being a millennial i may even be that next generation whatever the hell they call it i'm not up on that why gen y and then maybe it's y or z i forget why but they're more in tune to buying from a brand that they can connect with emotionally yes that they absolutely f- right they mm-hmm. feel that it's 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 bigger than them and they're part of something and they're yes. they're, they're making a difference in their purchase yes. right mm-hmm we need to know that about them. We can't keep saying, oh, millennials think they're entitled. And millennials right. are this, millennials My are that. My favorite is when people start bashing millennials without even understanding. They're going to be your, <laughs> they're going to be all of your customers soon. So right. why not, why not get a better understanding of who they are and, 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 and work with them instead of trying to push them away? So what are some of the biggest opportunities that marketers are missing out on today? Like you just mentioned millennials and their psychology behind why they purchase. What are some other opportunities? I think hiding behind their brand. Um, that is a huge missed opportunity. Um, people are, are, are starving for the truth. They're starving for transparency. They're starving for authenticity. And what I still see a lot of people do is they hide behind their logo, they hide behind their website, they don't want to put a face to the brand, and I believe that they are killing thousands and, and millions of dollars in revenues. I noticed something during the holidays that struck me as, as shocking, because I see commercials a lot different than anybody else when I'm watching commercials. The CEO of Macy's was in a commercial. When's the first time? When's when the last time you saw that? That's great. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. coming out from behind the desk and the and the corner office, and he is facing his people. Right. And I believe that the way you differentiate yourself in 2020 and beyond is creating a personal brand around what you do, and then you can use you as. And people are like, "Oh, well, what if I want to sell the business?" Doesn't matter. You own the business right now. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on that. Yes. Right. But coming out and, and, and showing how much you care, and that's where, if you go to my Google reviews, if you go to my testimonials on my website, that seem, that is the common denominator. Mm. I make sure, because we're expensive, we're not cheap. I make sure that my clients get a white glove service and that they truly understand that I will be there through the thick and thin of this. And they need to know that if they're gonna jump in the foxhole with me, that they're gonna be safe at the end of the war. Love that. 
A lot of I, what I've heard is a lot of the pushback on being the face of your brand is, you know, one, people are uncomfortable, right? They, with themselves, their look, their whatever. Two, I've, I've heard a lot of this because I, I try to do that. I feel like that's kind of my job is to be out there yeah. constantly, even if that means I'm going to get slapped around on a pretty consistent basis and take the brunt of the negative feedback as well. But that's just something you have to deal with. What do you say to people that don't um, necessarily understand that, no, this is not narcissism. No, you know, this is not all about me. This is just what you have to do. Yeah. So my, my, I have, I ask a couple of questions. <laughs> We're going deep today, huh? <laughs> um, I ask a couple of questions. How important is your business to you today? Do you want to have it five years from now? Okay. Uh, that's and then I just let them speak. Normally, they'll start to answer their own question at that point. But the other the other point that I like to make is people buy people first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Then they buy your product or service. When I yeah. and I, the reason why I believe that so much is when I first started, I was the most horrific graphic designer probably on the face of this earth, and I still got business. Mm-hmm. And I remember working with my old. Uh, website developer back in the day he was a uh, he was a he was my wife's employee so funny mike mike said you know why people are hiring you henry they like you they just like you yeah and so if you're hiding that from your audience what do they look at this visually for a second what does your audience have to grab on to Nothing. Nothing. You're selling air. You're, or, yes. Or 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 prettiness. Like right. Right. Like but. Or the future. I mean, wow. Talk about having a really hard sell. We sell the future. <laughs> Who does? You know, where are you? Come out from. Come out. Come out wherever you are. Right. right. Mm-hmm. It, it's not a narcissistic thing at all. I think if you look at it as you're doing your audience a disservice. By hiding, mm-hmm. I, I'm calling it hiding. You can you can you can call it whatever you want, but if you do not put yourself out there, then one, they don't have anything to grab onto. That there's 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 not a personality to gravitate to, right? And that's a big miss. That's a big miss. How do you recognize your own bullshit? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, I ask myself, whose voice am I listening to? So when I am pulling bullshit on myself. Um, I ask myself, who are, who's talking to you right now? Is it Henry? Is it your dad? Is it your mom? Is it your wife? Is it your uncle? Is it your cousins? Is it your friends? Whose voice are you listening to? And if it's, and that helps me tremendously call myself out on my own bullshit because I'm like, oh, that was my dad talking about, you know, not spending money or taking risk. I got to do this. You know, on the way here, I did a deal. I was like, I have to do this right now. So you're going to send me an invoice and I'm going to pay it right now while I'm driving. Because if I don't make this investment right now, you're going to give me time to think about it. And I know damn well I need to do this. And he sent it and I paid it and we're on for tomorrow. Like, that's me calling me as myself out on my own <laughs> bullshit. And it's like a few grand, but I was like, we're, we're doing this tomorrow. And so that's how you self-imposed call, yeah, you just, deadlines, right? You just gotta do it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I'll share with you as we wrap up is 
what my coach said, man, I've coached a lot of people in 25 years. And he said, I've never met somebody who's so much of an action taker. And if you get anything out, I hope the folks that are listening to this today see that what we did, what Terry and I did today was a perfect example of showcasing brand. At the end of this interview, you have a better understanding of who I am as a person. And I'm not going to try to shape that any which way. I'm just going to do me. And if you Mm -hmm. resonate with it, awesome. If you don't, that's cool too. That's where you build up a lot of self-confidence. That's great though. If they don't resonate with it, move on. That's it. Why chase them? You're wasting your time. Exactly. You're wasting your time. But you have to take action. That's the point that I'm trying to make. I didn't want to let that 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 mm-hmm. piece go. And he was like, "Man, I gotta watch what I say to you because like before it comes out of my mouth, like you're you're scheduling your team to do it." <laughs> That's crazy. I, I would not be able to get to where I'm at today if I didn't take action. Some of the shit fell to the wayside. Some of the shit didn't work. Some of the shit I wasted a ton of money on. I hate to say it, mm-hmm. but I learned. And so now it's like. All right, let's focus on revenue generating activity. Let's focus on what's really going to move the needle and let's not focus on $50 ebooks. Nobody's my clients aren't buying $50 ebooks. They're looking for speed and they're looking for quality and they want somebody that they trust and they want to feel important and they want the job done right. And they'll pay the premium and the insurance to get it done. So putting effort into f- Building $50 ebooks is not where I should be spending my time. It's mm-hmm. building out a more robust system, which we're going to start on tomorrow, focusing on, at, um, I should say, entrepreneurs that are generating X amount of money. So they're small to medium business. They have a great product. They have a great service. But their branding, their presence online does not represent the true value that they deliver. And I see it all the time. I see people that are afraid to charge more because they're not confident in what their branding looks like online. Mm-hmm. And that's a shame because I'm like, yes, you have a phenomenal product or service in here. It looks like you just started a business yesterday. Right. That's mm-hmm. not fair to you. So in reinvest in yourself, reinvest in your business, and level up. Because when you level up, you're going to level up your client base. Period. Mm-hmm. That is absolute words of truth one final thing so mentorship I I want you to tell our listeners about how do you find the right mentor and how has that impacted your mindset and your career trajectory I would not be where I'm at today without having a mentor or mentors along the way um, you know, Joseph Campbell talks about the, uh, the the hero's journey, right? And if you watch any Star Wars movie, it, it, they use the same framework. Any great movie you watch, they use the same framework. Mm-hmm. And without mentorship, if I didn't have the Yodas in my life to get me to where I'm at today, I would not be here. So how do you pick the right mentor, okay? You have to align with that person's values. I, I always say you want to create relationships that – the values align. That's going to help tremendously long term. The other thing is, is who's doing what you're doing and absolutely crushing it and like maybe a few miles ahead of you. So I look at life as like the New Jersey turnpike. 
you may be on exit 13. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe a couple of speed bumps there, right? Or a couple potholes, right? <laughs> but you may be on exit 13 and I may be at exit 16W. Okay. Mm-hmm. I traveled that road. I know if there's an accident ahead. I know if there's a pothole in the middle lane. I know mm-hmm. if these planes are landing in Newark Airport or coming down a little fucking low, <laughs> right? Like, I know all of that. And so I could call or you could call up to me and say, Henry, what what am I looking at here over the next couple of miles? Because I'm right behind you, but like I'm not quite there yet. Mm. Now, if you didn't call me, you would run the risk of hitting those potholes, a plane landing on your car, an act you barrel assing into the back of somebody, getting into an accident, and you have a lot of room for error. Mm. Yes. But if you call ahead, I can say, listen, just stay in the left lane here and then get in the middle lane there and try this because this is going to get you out of the, out of the, you know, the, the, the traffic. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had a, I had a, uh, a client call last week and I said, how, how bad do you want this? I said, do you want to learn it in six months or six weeks? Yes. And mm-hmm. you tell me, do you want to figure it out all on your own or do you want me to give you the little slip of paper that says here's how you do it right same position as i am just probably a couple miles behind me so we're all on the same highway look for the person that's just ahead of you however far and say hey can i mentor under you you know can i be a mentee how much do you charge my guy charges a thousand an hour it's worth every freaking penny because the roi i get out of those calls makes me 10x that Mm-hmm. And so people are afraid, oh, out of my budget right now. Well, it must be it must not be a big enough problem for you and it must not be that important. That's not your priority. And that's mm-hmm. not my problem. That's yours. My grandfather used to say that in his um lifetime he has gotten to let's say a certain point in his career and he always used to say, Take what I've learned, get on top of my shoulders, and then you'll see much farther than I can see based on where I've gotten to and just keep doing that and yeah. eventually you'll you'll build something um much higher than I could have. That's it. So mentors are kind of like um, you know, they're they're the guys holding you up helping you jump over that That's next right. hurdle. And you're going to go through a couple of them before you find one that really resonates. My mentor, he had a mentor for 10 years, paid him over a quarter of a million dollars, 250000 um, over the course of 10 years. <laughs> the guy, and it's so funny, is he was way more successful than his mentor. This is ironic. I want to just call you out here for a second. He was way more successful than his mentor ever was. But his mentor had, he had 20 years on him. So he had 20 years worth of life mm-hmm. on, right. on my mentor. And I get stuck with that sometimes. I'm not going to lie. Like, you're not a parent. So don't tell me how to parent. Right. Yet, there could be some great wisdom that comes out of you and you're not a parent. It's a different mm-hmm. perspective. So what my, what my coach taught me to do was look at the value that, that comes out of the mouth. Like pay attention to the value of that that response. Mm-hmm. And if it works. Right. Right. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you don't need to accept it. But don't judge them because they're not a parent. And right. I was like, this is so interesting. It he opened up my world. So now I if if there's a junior designer that wants to give me a piece of advice, 
I will take a second to listen to it. I will. I, I will mm-hmm. give them the benefit of the doubt because they're a fellow human and they're trying to help. They're just trying to help. And, and there's always something in everything that people say. I mean, ultimately, it's how they're interpreting what you're saying or what you're doing what i found is um and i i've not through mentorship but through through coaching in a completely different uh for completely different result more like fitness coaching Mm -hmm. what i found i'm going to call michelle out because i love her and what she does for me what she's done for me uh, i didn't necessarily get the physical results that i wanted or i'm still working on that Mm -hmm. but the mental results, when somebody actually calls you out on your nonsense, that you are in your own kind of circle and you're spin cycling and, and coming up with all these different things and excuses. Oh, I got too much work to do. I got, you know, I don't have time to go to the gym. I don't have time to do this. I can't eat that. I can't. No, bullshit. Yes, you can. You find a way and, and you do what you have to do. And I think a lot of it resonates in the business world as well. Yeah, so Mark Wahlberg, it's funny you say this. Mark Wahlberg got interviewed on Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm friends with Jay Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief, awesome dude. He's on the Brand Doctor podcast a couple episodes ago. And he interviews Mark Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg says, it's a lot easier to stay in shape than to get in shape, right? right and and right. I said that wow, you can use that in your in your uh, health, right. but you can also use that business. business. Yes. So it's a lot easier to stay a healthy brand yes. than it is to become a healthy or get mm-hmm. into being a healthy brand, and that's uh, that was a huge takeaway for me. One of the big discoveries that I made last year, which really helped me propel my business, was understanding who I was and understanding my worth and under so I was you know I gave you the backstory I was very you know I, I didn't grow up with much but we we weren't poor by any means but we were very modest like I said and I would go and I would try to validate myself I would try to get the external mm, yes. validation right I would try to get people to like me or to see that I'm successful just from the shoes that I wore, the clothes that I wore, the what, right? And when I said this to my 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 mentor, my mentor was like, dude, you have everything you would ever need in this lifetime right? already inside of you. Mm-hmm. So you just need to f- pull that out. And whew, that was huge for me because mm-hmm. he said, you keep looking for this external validation and it's a big chase. And he goes, I'm gonna tell you something. I've been mentoring you. Yeah, I'm I'm mentoring you for a few months and you're exhausting me. Because every time we get on these calls, like you don't take a second to celebrate. You don't take a second to to just be grateful. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got into the five minute journal. I have the five minute journal on my app, on my phone. And every morning when I wake up, it asks you, what are the three things you're grateful for? What are the three things that are gonna make today great? And there's a little affirmation at the end. I am. And I have to fill it out. Every day. And at the end, what made today great? Three things. What could have improved the day? And then you write it. I love that. So the five-minute journal has been huge for me because it makes me remember to celebrate your wins, even how small they are. Right? And That's hard sometimes. It is because yeah. you just want to get on to the next mm. thing. And he's like, that's a that's an exhausting life. <laughs> yes, it right? is. Right? So that's the life of an entrepreneur. They're a different species. <laughs> listen, you always you always gotta stay hungry, mm-hmm. but you don't have to act like you're starving. 
Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So. so on that, give me type top five things that our listeners can do today to start building their brands. Okay. So the first thing is really identify a very specific audience and don't be afraid of blocking out everyone else. This is a game of subtraction, not addition. So when you create a great brand, you are subtracting the people that you do not want to work with, do not want to attract with your messaging, with your look and feel, with your service deliverable. So subtra- so when you when you subtract and you only invite the real people that you want to work with, it's going to make marketing your business a hell of a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Number two, really start to focus in on who you are as a person and get a better relationship with yourself, okay? Ask yourself when, 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 when you start to call out your own bullshit, who am I here? Who am I spe- Who is speaking to me right now in my head? Is it me? And is this really important to me? And do not be afraid to share that with the world. Think about the people that you admire in your life. What are the characteristics and traits that they hold? Why do you admire them so much? It's not because that they're afraid of what you think. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. The people that I admire don't give a shit about anything, about like what people think, and their, their eyes are on the prize at all times and you're either with them you're on their boat or you're not Mm -hmm. right and let me tell you something when you find that inner confidence people are going to gravitate towards you and they're going to want to be in the same room as you and they're going to want to get around you because confidence is very contagious Mm -hmm. so that's number two number three is develop your plan before action you wouldn't go to war without meeting with the general and creating a game plan you wouldn't jump on a plane with a pilot that gets on the radio and says morning folks overslept today didn't put my routes in place didn't do the routes today we're gonna wing this to la buckle up no you wouldn't get on that plane so developing that plan and taking the time, I'll give you a, I'll give you a tangible here. I'll give you a, a, an action item to do. Every Sunday before you go to bed, it could be in the morning, at night, whenever you get 30 minutes. I think you only need 30 minutes. Open up your Google Calendar. Open up your Outlook Calendar. Whatever calendar you use to book stuff and map out what you want to do in 30 or 60-minute blocks or 15-minute blocks and map out the entire week on Sunday. Let me tell you something. As an entrepreneur, it's very you're very quick to get off track or, or or distracted. But when you wake up every morning, when you wake up tomorrow and it's Wednesday and you and your Google calendar tells you what you need to do, oh, it's such a such a feeling Backward. of structure, right? Like we're all looking for that structure and people are like, "Well, I don't want structure. I want the freedom. That's why I'm an entrepreneur." Well, the 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 more structure you have in life, the more, the freedom, more freedom you'll freedom have, you have, right? Yes, that is true. So make that plan. That's number three. And number four is understand 
that you cannot do this on your own mm-hmm. and really digest that and accept that. You, I've never met a billionaire or a multimillionaire that has done it on his own or her own. 100%. Okay, mm-hmm. so start to think. If you want your time back, if you want your freedom back, building out your team and hiring based on value. Create your team based on the values that you have as a person. And there's go, they don't have to have every single value that you have. But if you value communication, which is huge in my brand, they have to have that core value mm-hmm. of communicating. They got to know how to speak to me. They got to know how to speak to other team members. Otherwise, you're not going to be a good fit here. Mm-hmm. So knowing that you're not going to be able to do that on your own, that's number four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And number five, understand that we are only on this planet for two seconds. Yes. Two seconds. Yes. Think about that. You know, Kobe Bryant's death has really rattled right. my wife and I, and we never met this guy. Right? When I got that news on Sunday, I was like blown away. Right? Like yes. 41. And, and what really rattles my wife's cage is his 13 year old daughter was with right. him. Right. And so if we keep focusing every day on, how much money we're going to make, and what our bank accounts look like. We're getting off. We're not focusing on the right thing. And I, I will give Gary V a shout out for this. I saw a quote come through my feed and he said, stop worrying about the money in your bank account and start worrying about who's going to come to your funeral. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's just a completely different. I said, Gary, yeah. you got that, dude. I was like, you just made me you just gave me a different perspective. And so when I was at this when I was at this meetup yesterday, I started to build a little crowd around me and I I was explaining to them like we're so focused on the mic. I could see it in your eyes. You all want to get that seven-figure mark. You all want to get become a millionaire. You all want to make money. You all want to do that. Let me tell you something. When you focus on doing great work, when you focus on getting the results for your clients, when you focus on their well-being, and the experience that you delivered to them, that money, you will need garbage trucks to bring it to your bank. Mm-hmm. So that's where you stay focused and you'll see what happens. And so those are, my, those are the five big takeaways, I think, that are really going to help you build a solid, reputable, and profitable brand. Thank you, Henry. That was absolutely insightful and a phenomenal content. I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Thanks for listening to the Amplified Podcast. Follow us on our social channels and subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the next episode, stay tuned for more trailblazing insights energy, and culture to help fuel your pursuit in the modern digital era.